Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Everything is running. My nose is shaking. Crystal fashion. Yeah. Should we just roll into it? I, I Hello, everyone. Oh, Hello. Started. Stop talking. Sorry. Sit up at the back. Sit up. Sit up. Pay attention. Whatever works. We're here again. Aiden. Hello. <laughs> Oh, hello, it's after midday. You know that if you want me to be in any kind of decent, sensible mood, you've got to get me out of bed early. Otherwise, I'll just be like this. Have you had your fourth coffee and second fag? Something like that, yes. Yes. We're here anyway. It's it's the middle of May. Oh, it's ridiculous, don't isn't it? Don't time fly. Don't, don't time fly. Yeah, doesn't it just... Show 137, and the good news this week is that they've at last, at last, I'm not sure we were just talking about this off air, whether we should give the services a gold star or a room 101 for having made me wait for my first jab this long, or a gold star for offering me the jab at my local GP surgery. Oh, I'd say whatever the situation, just be glad you've got it and look forward to number two. Indeed. Anyway, so that's coming along on Monday. I'm going to be jabbed. I should be the pin cushion for a day. Do you know which jab you're getting out of Curiosity? Yeah, they only do the Oxford one because right. um, apparently the surgery is um, not big enough to have the proper fridges or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, it's got to be kept at minus 10 zillion degrees, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yes. So, I get the Oxford one and I get the blood clots afterwards. If I don't see you after Tuesday, <laughs> it's been really nice knowing you and it's been nice doing podcasts with you. And um, uh, we hope that uh, in the, 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 there'll be a better person along to take my place. Ah, the podcast is mine. <laughs> Whatever works, dot works is our website where you'll find links to all the stuff we're going to talk about today. But it might not make it through to the Apple podcast. We've been having this conversation on PSC because Steve can't get his show notes to link into the Apple podcast thing. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you may not any longer get the links in the show notes. But in all other podcatchers, you will. Well, so an worry. apple a day keeps the podcast away. That's what they say. Very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget day. the MeWe group the MeWe group is where we all chat about um, all sorts of interesting things that we talk about on the show tedsalmon.com is where I hang out and aidenbell.com is where Aiden hangs out and just a special thank you which I don't do um, very often because I, um, the people that chip into my um, fund, uh, some of them pay me each month in the bank, you know, a few quid, yes, whatever, yes. instead of doing PayPal. And I don't get alerted. And so I forget to, to I don't see the, the money coming in. And I say, say thank you to them. So thank you to those people who um, give me a chip in um, instead of PayPal, actually through my bank account. And your your contributions are very, very welcome. Oh, there's a train going by now. Rain and a train in North Wales. Well done, everyone. Thank you very much, all contributors. Right, let's all. move on. Tala, kitchen timer. I brought to the last show. Yes. And you went off an order one. I did. I've since discovered, since the last show, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I didn't realise it has got a magnet on the back and you can stick it on the fridge. Oh, wow. I, didn't realise that. So there's a slidey thing on the back. You can actually remove it if you want to. And if you remove it, you can hang it on. It's got a kind of nail hanging thing. So you can hang it on a nail if you want to. But if you slide the magnet thingy in, you can then stick it on the fridge, which is what I've been doing. And it's worked perfectly. I think it's the find of the year so far for £2.99. It works perfectly and I use it most days. Did yours arrive? Uh, well... <laughs> I'll tell you about mine in a minute. But you know what you, have, you need to do, Ted? You can use those um, sticky back metal plates for the magnets on those awful LED lights that I raved about that die to death. Um, I don't oh, know if, yeah. if you, like me, have still got the rather nice little sort of coin-sized yeah. metal plates that are magnetic with sticky backs. You can use oh, that. Yeah. You can stick your egg timer wherever you want, if you'll pardon Indeed. the expression. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm afraid, come the end of the recording, I went to my Amazon... Uh, checkout basket and I just said to myself Aidan you really don't need an egg timer <laughs> and I cancelled it so I, I utterly uh, appreciate and I totally concur and it looks marvellous it's just that I don't need an egg timer so I cancelled it 
Well, as I said on the last show, I need one for timing eggs because, and here's a room 101 for a future date, for a future show, is that stupid toaster come egg time, uh, sorry, egg cooker thingy, bold egg maker, which we sh- we put on a show yonks ago, doesn't turn itself off and I keep leaving it on. So this hot plate is like going on all night and there's a risk of fire, obviously. And it's only discipline. I should just turn it off. But that timer makes me go and turn it off, you see. Well, I mean, if there's a real safety aspect, I would recommend a timer switch to make sure it gets itself switched off. But yes, good call. And talking of uh, use case and whether something is useful or not, I'm afraid I also wouldn't want. However, I also thoroughly would recommend John Husband's Mayo Macro Manual Pepper and Salt Mills. John says, I've had trouble getting a decent pepper mill grinder after the one that my father-in-law gave us over 20 years ago broke. Then I came across these on Amazon and the pepper mill works really well. If you're tempted, you need to be aware that they do grind pepper very finely, which I like. I've not used the salt mill, so cannot comment on it. And then, in fact, Chris Kelly chipped in and commented upon the fact that the pepper grinds very finely and says that, of course, as as many people may know, you can vary how coarse or fine you grind with the little butt on the top. After loosening the nut a few turns, press down on it. Sometimes the conical ceramic burrs can bind together if it appears not to be working as it should by simple turning. I think what Chris is basically saying is by trial and error, you can just adjust the tort of the little butt on the top to to adjust the the size of the grind. I used to use these in the old days when I I must have eaten more salt and pepper than I do now. Now I'm afraid we just have table salt in a salt shaker and and I never use pepper. So for me personally, they wouldn't be useful, but they do look lovely. They they look very, very nice. And if if it's your use case, I would certainly recommend them. Would you not, Ted? Is a butt a nut or a nut a butt? But I, I actually I didn't um, I, I I think I'd forgotten about that thingy on top. So it's a good shout from Chris. yes indeed if indeed. you if you tighten it you can change the um, the the the, um, the 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 coarseness. The coarseness yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it is good. We've got the electric ones of course. Ah, so you see them. that would be where I'd go. <laughs> Press a button. <laughs> yeah. And we have brought those on the show before. But um, uh, John anyway, John continues the Charminer. 18 by 50 upgraded high definition monocular telescope okay try saying that after you've had a couple yeah john has always struggled with binoculars so decided to purchase a monocular telescope instead Mm -hmm. my initial reaction john says is that that they they there is a monocular telescope a they or it that's a good point yeah, my it's an it. I would have thought it's an it. it. Yes, yeah. it's a singular. My my initial reaction is that it is very good <laughs> for the price. Excellent. It took me about one hour in the garden to get used to it, to the focusing and holding it correctly. They're perfect for putting in your pocket when out walking, and sorry, it it is perfect <laughs> for putting in your pocket when out walking. And there is a bird or wildlife. Um, you want to have a closer look at. I have also taken photos with my iPhone S6 ah. attached to the telescope now or that's the monoscope. That's nice. Monoscope, telescope. Okay, <laughs> it's a monocular these. telescope. There you go. Twenty-one quid. Wow. And you get five. You get five percent off as well. That looks an absolute bargain, doesn't it? It does. And it's... I'm. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt, Ted. Go on. I'm curious because I've never used one, and my instant reaction was I enjoy. The, the 3D depth of field that uh, that you get with regular binoculars. Right, and I yeah. wonder how I would get on with having what's effectively a mono vision. But other than yeah. that, yeah, and I love the idea that it's dinky and you can slip it in your pocket and just grab it when you need it. And I suppose yeah, if, I, also if you you could have two if you've got what's that called when one eye focuses <laughs> differently you could have one for each eye and have them in perfect focus and then get a bit of black tape and strap them together. <laughs> What a buffoon. Um, right. Uh, what I was going to say was that is, this would work for me because one of my eyes, astigmatism, right. is, much, is much worse than the other one. So I could use it on the eye with the lesser astigmatism, not need my glasses and still be able to use it. But but my shock was the price, really. I, I was expecting this to be about, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 quid. Or well, you see, it's only one of it. So it's half the price of a pair of binoculars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. It, uh, for me, it's an I want one of those or I, I want to try out one of those. I'm I'm definitely curious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. I think I think you should take one for the team and get one in, or ask John to send his own. Yeah, for a yes, send it to us, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now. but good, good shout, John. Thank you very much. 
No doubt Chris now, Kelly will probably... Oh, go on. Now, no, I'm going to ask him to do a link there. You spoiled oh, it. Oh, okay then. Go on. Now, talking of um, uh, of uh, uh, lenses and cameras... <laughs> Thank you. And after that... <laughs> Actually, my link, which was better, was going to be to say that no doubt Chris Kelly will tell us that you can buy a pair of binoculars that you can do the separate focus on each eye and you'd end up with two monoculars that wouldn't need to be held together with gaffer tape. Yeah, I bet you can. And that was going to lead me on to saying Chris Kelly has also brought us, not a million miles away from that very topic, the 360 camera motorbike journey footage. Chris says, I did, a, I did promise a while back that I post a video from my 360 camera on my motorbike. I was out with a student and a trainee riding coach. The zoomed in portion is is a blocky mess, but it was done to show that the student had forgotten to close. I'll put my teeth in and say that again. It was done to show the student that he'd got too close to the truck. The panning and picture in picture stuff is all achieved with the one camera and done with a few clicks in the app. Um, I am. Yeah, there's a link to, a, to to Chris's video, which I've watched. And again, I, I'm immediately struck by the quality of the video that this sort of thing 10 years ago would have cost you hundreds, if not thousands of pounds to produce. And now it's, you know, you just put something on your head and it does it for you. Um, again, not my bag, but again, I'm, I'm deeply impressed. And if it's something that's useful to you, then boy, it could be extremely useful to you. I'd like to have some reason to want to need it. Yes, exactly. I want to want I want I want to need one of these. But actually, apart from just testing it and going, wow, how great it is! I'm not sure that I would use it. We've spoken with Chris before about these 360 cameras, and they're just great. And he uses his for all sorts of interesting applications, but. Um, I, d I don't think I would use it. I'd just like to have it to play with. Well, exactly, um, and that's the same as me with the monocular and with the salt and pepper things. You know, there's a. Yeah. I find on this show we're doing a lot of admiration of project products, but sort of having to say, but on the other hand, I don't really need one. Yeah, well, in the old days when I had money, I would have just bought them anyway. I, and uh, I, all joking aside, I would have done when I was when I was better off. Yes. I would have bought one of those monocular thingies and tried it out myself. But I was watching the pennies; you just can't afford to. Um, and this three sixty camera thingy um, that's not cheap. But uh, what is can be cheap is rechargeable headlamps. Oh, your links are getting slinkier, Ted. Thank you, thank you. Now Ian's back. Judge Barton is back on rechargeable headlamps. He links to a review done by someone else. And um, he says that that saved him time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's been a while since anyone mentioned torches, and it used to be a mainstay of the show. Um, yes, so yes. Uh, he's, he's linked to this review of a bunch of um, headlamps. Um, it's a comprehensive review of rechargeable ones, which will promptly tempt me, to, he says, to go and buy another torch to add to my collection. <laughs> I did have a look at this, and they do look really interesting. I've got one of these torches in my cupboard, hanging on my and I never use it I got it you see back in the same thing again back in the day when I had loads of money just go and buy one just to see what it's like it's like yes. and what it does the I can only remember using it once when I was um I was crawling under a sink to fix a um a, a trap or something yes. and I thought yes this is it this is when you've <laughs> this got to is use the moment. this thing <laughs> yeah and so I went and got it and used it but that was the only time I used it apart from testing and playing about with it <laughs> I'm I'm similar to you. Um, I have one. I have the one that Steve Litchfield brought on that I loved and actually brought recently back onto still using, um, which is not rechargeable. And uh, unlike you, I use it a little bit, but I certainly don't use it enough that I think I would need a rechargeable one. I'm perfectly happy just to change the battery every couple of years when necessary. But uh, so again, they fall into that category of they all look lovely and sexy and I want to own them all, but there's no point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, I don't think you can apply the same thing to a two ninety nine egg timer. You could have got that, you tight fisted. <laughs> Enough. Move Enough on. already. Do you know this reminds me on a side <laughs> note when I was on a holiday in America two or three years ago and I was in uh, Walmart and they had an entire wall of torches of one type and another. I remember taking a picture and uh, submitting yeah. it to what, whatever works, which at that time I was nothing to do with, to say, look, torches. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Don't remember that. No, you wouldn't. Who's Aidan Bell? Adrian Brain <laughs> brings us the 3M 1100 earplugs. 
We talked about earplugs uh, again. Yeah, yeah, we've talked yeah. about earplugs on and off for a long, long yeah. time. And recently I, I brought someone to still using, didn't I? Adrian That's brings right. us these 37 decibel uncorded 200 pairs in a box. And he says... Uncorded? Uncorded. How, how could they be corded? What, what, what you got about a corded earplug? What, are you gonna... Do you know, I, I thought I'd just let that slip by and hope no one noticed, <laughs> but you did. I can't think what that is, unless it's somehow a reference... <laughs> Prior reference to when there were when there was a it was an audio head, headphone. I really don't get that. Why would really? you want it corded? Talking of earplugs, though, says Adrian, which you were on the last show. We use these without issue. Great value for two hundred in the box. Now, actually, I looked at the Amazon link, which is of course in the show notes, and what struck me is the non-mentioned, rather cute-looking cylindrical bomb-head box that you appear to be able to keep these in which oh. I assume comes with them, but there's no mention of it. You see this lovely sort of shiny silver cylindrical oh, uh, little yeah. sort of pocket size. It's like a tiny, tiny thermos flask that would fit, what, a couple of these earplugs. Oh, that's the corded bit. Is that the cord? But the funny thing is, I was drawn to that box more than to the earplugs themselves. <laughs> but um, anyway, never mind. It's a good shout. Thank you very much, Adrian. Another pair, Another set of earplugs to consider, but I'm very curious about the shiny box. I'm very... I, I think that might be corded. But it said uncorded, so then you wouldn't yeah. get the box. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't get the box, <laughs> would you? That's true enough. Um, yes, OK. Right, I'm, I'm now scouting down through the reviews to see if that box is included. Ladies and gentlemen, live on air, Mr Ted Salmon reads a page of Amazon. <laughs> no, I can't find that, but let's hope it does. While I was looking down the reviews, though, there's a really funny one that yeah. says... Keeps the noise of your keeps out the noise of your neighbours. Unfortunately, they don't stop your neighbour from being a twat. <laughs> Some oh, of these dear. reviews in Amazon are really funny, aren't anyway. they? Anyway, anyway, thank you. Twenty five quid. Twenty five quid for two hundred. How much are they each? Oh, Come on, oh, quick, I quick, don't quick. Know. I'll do the math. I'll get the calculator out while you're doing the next <laughs> item. Go on then. <laughs> right. Yeah. This this one is certainly a whatever works. Um, when it works, that's the trouble. Twelve p. Twelve p. There you go. Then. <laughs> now, Ian Barton wanted to put this into room one hundred and one, but I, I I I hold off because I think the principle of paying in checks by taking a photograph of them. We've spoken about this on the show before. It's a really good yes. one. And it seems that it's taken the UK forever to get onto this. So much so that nobody uses checks anymore anyway. So what's the point? Yes. But in America, apparently, you've been able to do this for a long time. So occasionally you do get a check still. And Ian tried to take a photograph of this and set it, send it into the bank to be paying. So... He put it into a well-lit area on his window ledge and he took a photograph using a phone. This is Barclays Bank, incidentally. Um, it tries to, the, app, the app tries to scan the cheque to determine where the edges are and then shows you what it thinks the cheque should be on the screen. It's an epic fail, he says, with mul multiple attempts, completely unable to obtain an accurate scan of the front of the cheque. Um, he says that I did manage the back of the cheque correctly, but then I tried another phone, same result. So that's why he wants to put it into room 101. And I agree in that respect. But I'm not putting it in there because I think that the principle is a really, really good yes. one. Chris Kelly jumped in again and he says, I usually place items to be scanned in a very, on a very dark surface, usually a black leatherette binder, and give maximum contrast for the app to work with. And Rob Brand says, dark background definitely gets the best results. Another thing about paying in checks, they are not good, says Rob, when there are brackets in the account name. So bear that in mind if you're trying this as well. But yeah, I've never been able to do this and I've really wanted to. There was a time when I, when I was getting checks, I asked Santander, when are they going to get it? And they said, oh, I don't know, don't know, sometime in the future. Not in that voice, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Probably in a Spanish voice. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I'm with the Halifax, who started this oh, more than a year ago now couple of years ago and I, I mean again I never get it once in a blue moon when I get a check it does work for me it is a bit flaky you do have to be a bit hit and miss with but I've I've got it to work every time I've wanted it to and as you say Ted it is a it's a lovely bit of Brilliant technology because, especially during Covid because it means you don't have to schlep over to the bank you just do it in the safety of your own home Particularly if all the banks are shut anyway now. Yes yes there is that You can't find a branch for love nor money unless you live in central London 
I Wonder Who Bought It is the section of the show where we look at who's bought something on my Amazon affiliate link and we have a look at it and think um, about what it might have been like. So, someone's bought a weighted hula hoop. A weighted hula hoop. Th- those things that you swing around you when you're a kid. Goodness. Th- this one looks like a um, proper adult one that is used for, you know, exercise. It looks like an Olympic hula hoop. Come on. Yeah, this exactly. is the yeah. mother of all hula hoops. It looks really nice. It's a large one, padded. It weighs a kilo, which I guess is partly to do with the fact that it's you're exercising, so it's got to weigh something. Otherwise, it would be yeah. no good. You'd only be moving. Um it's got a 98 centimetre diameter, so it's nearly a metre across. Unlike a rigid hula hoop, it's smooth on the inside, says the blurb. Um, the, uh, and it's uh, perfectly balanced. Um, if you do drop the weighted hoop while spinning, the foam padding will ensure your legs are well protected. Easy to clean, hygienic to use. If the, po- the foam padding gets dirty, just give it a quick wipe and you're done. The hoop comes in eight parts. This is the interesting bit. So you can actually make it smaller. And they click together and, yeah, you can make it's it basically transportable. make it... transportable. Stick it in your suitcase and take it, away, take it away with you. Actually, if you've got two of these, you can make a two-metre hoop. That'd be fun, wouldn't <laughs> if you it? If you've got five of them, you could make an Olympic logo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I want to know? I want to know who is the lithe, fit, sexy and healthy person who's bought this. Yeah, and are yeah. they single? <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. So you can adjust the hoop by building it with fewer sections. It has a um, diameter of 75 centimetres with six sections. Oh, OK. So, yeah, basically you can make it smaller, for, presumably for kids or whatever, ah. or, or for doing less exercise yes. if you're lazy. Anyway, there you go. The core-balanced weighted hula hoop, which somebody has bought. Well, all I can say is core. Uh, if the, uh, the well done if the um, uh, Amazon Associates link is something that you could use please do consider that because when you do use that we get a few pennies or I do anyway but if you want to buy vouchers for the show so we can buy stuff like egg timers to test out on your behalf then do drop the an Amazon gift voucher to my email address and um, we'll be able to use that to do that so thank you very much onward we move you carry on, Ted. I'll just, I'll just sit and listen. Go on, it's the Ted Salmon show today. <laughs> oh, no, you can go first. Go on. I want to hear about ox tools. <laughs> you want to hear about ox tools? Do you know this is this is classic. This is my. This is continuing my line of um, quirky, quick, simple, obvious items that don't really require any kind of review. But because I've bought one and used it, I can tell you this is okay. This is worth it. You can buy one. I'm bringing you a bucket. (laughs) That's it. It's a black bucket. There's really not much more to say about it than that. £4.98, so it squeezes in the the cheapest chips bracket. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, working on the garden, as I have been doing a lot lately, uh, the two buckets I have have now both got big cracks in them, so I needed another decent bucket that would hold water. Uh, Because of COVID, um, I can't couldn't go shopping one can now and i think i want to make the point that now i think i wouldn't recommend anybody buys a bucket online when you can pop down to your local wix or bmq <laughs> or wherever it is and pick one up but at that time i was still staying at home as much as i could so i jumped on amazon and found this for 4.98 it arrived in a classically huge amazon box uh you can also get the pro version for six pounds and five pro. or the tough version for £11.23 neither of which I know anything about I presume it's just stronger plastic and more more wearable but I mean this the one that I've bought the, the trade version is absolutely fine it's a perfectly decent strong enough good enough work workable enough bucket if you just need one to kick around the garden in the garage and for everyday jobs so recommended if you need a bucket if you don't well then move on the, the pro version is a blue one Oh, that's what oh, you pay it. for the colour, do you? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the tough one I can't see, except it's got someone's muscle on it. And the, the interesting one is the plasterer's bucket because it's long and tall, and presumably that. Oh, means I didn't. You can get I didn't your... even go down that route. <laughs> yeah, and you can get different sizes, up to seventy-three liters. Wow. Oh, but Ted's becoming a bucket fetishist. This is this yeah, is fun. I like buckets. Okay. <laughs> They're good for um, morning afters. No, no. Let's move on. Okay, what are you the, what, what are you bringing us? 
the lev- levish, as opposed to lavish, new multipurpose non-slip mat. Well, so, no, it'll be levish if you live in Chelsea. Oh, how very levish. Shush, be quiet. <laughs> it's my turn. Um, £3.99 will buy you a roll of this non-stip stick stuff, which is, um, I think we've probably covered on the show before, basically it's a roll of it. It's 150 centimetres wide, uh, sorry, 30 centimetres wide by 150 long, so there's plenty of it. And you get a pair of scissors and cut it. And if you want to stick something to something else, but not on a permanent basis, just on a, a grippy basis, this stuff is just perfect. I know that I used to use it back in the day on my car dashboard, and I was amazed at what angle I could put it at. And the the, the mobile phone that I was trying to hold onto the dashboard just stayed there. Ditto, ditto. I have the remnants of a roll in my bedroom from exactly right. that same purpose. Yes, I concur. Okay. And, and and I'm amazed. You can put things almost vertically upright, and they they just stay there. I, I was thinking about putting it on the front of my moped, and then I, I thought, no, it wouldn't stay on there, surely. I've got to test that out, because actually I think it might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when it put, does disappear, put my mobile it'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, that, that was my quick quantity. £3.99 buys you a great big roll of this stuff, and then you can just hold stuff, stick stuff. Um, even if you use it as a, 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 um, a coffee you know, coaster instead of a, um, a coaster, just for cups on a desk or whatever, mm-hmm. really works very, very well. It's all good stuff, and it's only three ninety nine, and you get a whacking great big roll. Yeah, There's my cheap strip. It's a sort of very, very frictionful, rubbery, textured compound. Yep, I totally can cover with everything It is, you said and then. it's... Uh, and it's see-through as well. You know, it's got holes in it, so you can, uh, you know, it's not gonna. It, it doesn't stick somewhere and then get all horrible underneath. It's got air, uh, air. Yes, yes. And if you're doing a production of the Rocky Horror Show, you could probably make some very fetching undergarments. Yeah, it's enough of that sort of talk. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Right. I bought the Volks Pod. This is a uh, now. Don't before we start. I will just say this is a design concept idea, but it looks absolutely gorgeous. And I will put it onto the MeWe group so people can see what we're talking about. It's a little moped or a little motorbike, and it's designed in the in the theme and the style of a Volkswagen Beetle. And it's even got a VW badge on on the front and a single headlight that you would get on a Beetle and the rear light cluster on the back of it. And it sweeps across the top of all the stuff. It's got a seat on it, and you sit on that, obviously, and handlebars coming up through the middle of this sweep. In fact, it looks very much like a Beetle's um, wheel arch. And that the whole thing is designed yes. in that kind of yes. way. It looks gorgeous. I'm not sure if you click on the link and go through and look at the video, you can see a couple of people riding these. So they must have made at least two of them, even if it is a concept and a, a design concept. Um, and I do think actually I'll be much too big to ride it because <laughs> I'm six foot three, and they, these people were didn't. I'm sure they're not six foot yeah. three, and they look big enough on them. But anyway, it was a really interesting idea, and I definitely want one of those. Do you? I don't, I don't share your 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 love of bikes and biking, but it it does look lovely. So again, it falls into no, not for me personally, no use case, but very nice. Miserable, you're a miserable git. I am you? a miserable git, and I'm just sitting here looking. I'm I'm just picturing the, the the VW Beetle because you're right. It is. It's a bit like the just the two wheel arches have been turned into bikes. Indeed. You're not. Are you sure that isn't actually the case? No, it would be an enormous Beetle if that was the case, wouldn't it? Um, okay, yeah, I'll I'll shut up then. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Still using, still using. Playing the jingle there because I don't. There's nothing that I want one of this week. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very happy and my chakras oh, are very dear, centered. Dear. Especially because oh. I'm still using my Corsair Elegato Stream Deck. Oh, as yeah. brung to the show on the first of March, 2020, show 102. I was thinking, you know. I think next to my phone and possibly my coffee machine, this is the device that I actually touch and use more than any other. Um, as I, uh, Very briefly, because I said it all on the show when I reviewed it back in 2020, uh, uh, since Windows 95, I've used a phenomenal piece of software called uh, Windows Power Pro, which is uh, just wonderful. If there's 
any way of controlling a computer, you could set this up. You could build menus, you could build pull-down things, you could build shortcuts for your keyboard, you could put timers on it, you could put if then, you know, if this then that uh, concepts. However, by the time we got to Windows 10, some 20 years later, it was just on its last legs and wasn't coping with Windows anymore. And I really very reluctantly looked for something for an alternative and discovered this physical set of buttons, which is actually very cleverly a single touch screen with what is three for 15 buttons on top of it laid out so that it looks as if it's 15 tiny screens. So each button can actually be used as a screen and given its own logo or imagery or lettering. And you can control the computer and you can control, you know, you can set up all sorts of functions for the different buttons and you can press you can press one and bring up a second set so you can have as many if you like pages as, as you want like you'd have a home screen on a phone and you'd swipe through to different home screens it's exactly that concept but it's physical this is what we love it's it's basically a, a mobile phone ui but in a physical form that you touch with your hands and you get a satisfying little click when you press it and you can control your computer with it and I love it and it was £135 but very very well spent. The Elegato Stream Deck. You've still not been tempted have you Ted? I, I Well I'd love, probably what I said last time was that I would love to need or want or see what I would use it for or I I, I was struggling I, d I did look at them when you brought it yeah. to the show and I and I was thinking come on come on you must need <laughs> one of these you must and I, and I started to look at it and read reviews and watch um, some video reviews on it and I thought I don't know what I would use it for much as I would love to have a thing full of buttons and something yeah. tactile like that I just don't see now you do audio stuff and video stuff and you know some stuff to do with your acting and presentation and blah 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 so maybe it's much more useful to you in those kind of ways but well the thing is you have um, to think outside the box because this is aimed I mean it's called a stream deck it's aimed at live streaming and gamers however yeah. if you if you step aside from that and just think of it as a control function, I just use it. I mean, I can open any program I need from it without having to go to my start menu. I very, very rarely ever go to the start menu on my computer because I can open everything from here. And you can set it to open individual files. For instance, I have a whatever works button. And when I press it, up opens the whatever works folder ready for me to go to. I don't have to find it through Explorer. So you just have to think a little outside the box and not as a gamer or streamer, neither of which I am. And I think it's incredibly useful right okay whereas my um point there really in 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 um contrast would be well yeah but i've got shortcuts on my desktop and i just double click on them and they open and it's it, it, again it's each to their own isn't it you you value so highly being able to do this with a physical button array that then great i'm, I'm very pleased for yes. you yes i just don't think it's worth the money for me to do that when i i don't think i would appreciate it in the way that you yeah do. and also and again it's use case because i spend many hours every day sat in front of the computer which is why I use it so often, because I am opening and closing and flicking through and doing this and doing the other. And I just find it a very a, a pleasant way of working. But yeah, again, each to their own. Good for you. And I'm very pleased for you. The Corsair Elgato Stream Deck, 135 quid. And if I remember correctly, you can get different prices for I different numbers I think so, yes. Buttons. I think I've got the mini one, or maybe there is a mini one. Yeah, there, is a, there are various options. If you want to, yeah. you can get a huge one with 32 buttons or yeah. something on it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Very nice indeed. Well done. I'm very pleased for you. My one, in contrast, is a really, really simple one. It's a pair of kitchen scissors. And I brought this to um, Whatever Works 62 in June 18. And they're still absolutely as good as new. They get used on a daily basis. They're nice and big. They've got really nice soft grip handles. They cost £4.99 now, but I think they're really worth it. 26 centimetre scissors. Um, I just use them for everything. Any time I need a pair of scissors for anything, they're nice and big and they work perfectly. Never gone wrong. Never got rusty with, with washing up or never gone. You know, they're, they're just a really well-made. Um, the, the, the company is called Kitchencraft and... Um, I think that Kitchen Craft actually do make some nice stuff. A bit like that OXO one we come back to yes, now yes, and again. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and they're just really nice. So very simply, my still using from two and a half years ago, whatever it was, is um, the my, my kitchen scissors. 
I think I'm becoming a bit of a scissor fetishist because I do love the look of these and I want to buy a pair. But again, you know, we have I, I do have very I mean, I have a pair of scissors in the garage for rough work. I have a pair of scissors in the kitchen that stays with food. So it's not unhygienic with this more scissors. My mother has a tiny little pair of sewing scissors. I have scissors in my office for just general, as you say, for anything you need scissors for. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting into scissors. I may need to see somebody about this. I'll probably have to buy a pair of these, even though I don't want, don't need any. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, laughed, laughed the double A battery man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here. AAs all the way. Yes. Hey, 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 now there's a there's got to be a gag in there somewhere. You'll have to join the AA. <laughs> join the AA. I I'm a battery fetishist, and my name is Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish my scissors needed AA batteries. <laughs> right. Now, we're going to make, going to the main review section of the, the show. I have brought something that my mother got for her birthday recently, which is a yogurt maker. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, she is a yogurt fanatic. I'm not a yogurt fanatic. I can take yogurt or leave it. I find it a bit kind of bland, to be honest, um, even if it tastes of something interesting. I do find the whole yoghurt thing a bit kind of 1970s and a bit bland. But anyway, she loves her yoghurt, and that's great. And so in the 1970s, when yoghurts were around, we remembered when we were coming up to birthday time, she used to make her own. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went off to find one of these yoghurt-making machines. Sure enough, we found one. Anyway, we, we give this to her on her birthday. And unfortunately, she couldn't remember what you, how you're supposed to use it, what you're supposed to do. So then we went frantically searching for loads of um, uh, online kind of tips about yogurt yes, making. Yes. And, and we found we found some ideas to move forward. And what you're supposed to do is that you take you make your batch of um, yogurts, and the first one you make, you get some natural yogurt, and you put one spoonful into each of the six, right, or in this case, yes, seven jars, because yes. this one's got seven jars. And you put these in there, and then you put some milk or something into these things, which we couldn't quite remember, so we went and looked <laughs> it up. And then you turn this thing on and leave it for about eight hours, and out pops your yoghurt. And then you're supposed to put the fruit in or whatever else you want to add into yes. it afterwards. But we seem to remember from the 1970s that we put the fruit in to begin with. So we're still testing this out and trying this out. But one of the things that um, we, we don't remember, but apparently what is a thing, is that you buy evaporated milk. And you get a, a tin of evaporated milk and you put it into a bowl and then you, get, you fill the tin up again with water. So you do a 1-1 one, one with water and evaporated milk. Put those into a bowl, then you mix it up, put the spoonful in each of the jars, and then use the stuff that you've just mixed together and fill it up and put it in there. So that's what she did. That's what we did the first time. And um, it worked absolutely fine. The yogurt that came out at the end of the process was was nice enough. As a, it was a good natural yogurt. I couldn't personally taste the evaporated milk tinge on mm -hmm. it, but I, I, we, we, we do gather that some people use... <coughs> powdered milk as well powdered milk or ordinary milk or skim milk or you know there are lots of ways of doing this but the bottom line is that it worked really well and this machine has got seven jars and there are 180 mils each which are a bit bigger than normal yogurt pots but it's fine they come with screw caps as well which is nice they look as though they're really well made so you can store them with the caps if you're going on a picnic or whatever um take it with you or if you've got a packed lunch or whatever it's got an LED display and timer, which we've yet to test out. Um, and the um, it, it's very um, heat efficient, apparently. It's a, it's a, a nice big round machine, and it, it just looks the part. She She's very pleased with it. And after the first go at making yogurt last week, she, they're still eating it in the house. And they say that it's very nice. She did actually try to put some honey in it, and she said it, it was too thin. So actually, I think that this might be the second attempt, because the first one was the, with the honey in it. And she said, if you put honey in before you cook it, then it makes it too thin. So I think you're supposed to put the fruit right. in it. Anyway, <clears throat> this thing is 33 quid. There are lots of different makes. This one is a Von Shelf one, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, a bit more expensive than some of them, 33 quid. But it's very a very nice one. And so far, everyone's very pleased with the outcome. So there you go. I think your mother could open a cafe soon with her bread machine and her yogurt machine <laughs> and her coffee machine. I'm coming round. <laughs> this looks lovely, Ted. I've some, and the omelette maker. And the omelette maker, yeah. And the waffle maker, that was me, wasn't it? 
The egg toaster. The egg toaster. There you go. Cafe salmon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm. This looks lovely. Tell me, does it? I mean, it obviously warms them up. Does it do anything else or does it simply warm them? And that's what that's what happens during the 14 hours or the yeah, seven so hours it, that you're it, waiting. Basically, yoghurt is rotted milk. Right. So it? it just warms it up you gently. Know, so, yeah. You just Very you nice, heat yeah. it. So you heat it so that it curdles. Yes. Essentially. Yes. It makes it's a bit like making cheese, I suppose. It's you yeah. know, cheese is rotting milk, yeah. isn't it? And it's all that kind of dairy thing. I mean, I don't know. Probably um, someone will jump in now and correct us and say, no, no. Well, I was just wanting to be devil's all. advocate and say, well, wouldn't it be cheaper just to put the jars in the airing cupboard? But that, that's 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 oh, yeah. misses the point. You, you might well, you might be able to. Yeah, absolutely. Any source of heat might well do it. You're quite right. right. No, but that, that misses the try. point of a nice little device that's in the kitchen encouraging you to make yogurt. And Indeed. and I do like the look of it. Thank you. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. I bring you something much more boring, but possibly equally useful uh, if you need it. It's another one of those. It's only any good if you want one. Again, I've been outside a lot of late working on the garden. Everything I'm bringing to the show at the moment is, is a bit Percy Thrower and garden related, isn't it? And what I'm bringing you now is some sticky tape. I'm bringing you Gorilla Waterproof Patch and Seal Tape. 100 millimetres, so 10 centimetres wide, and then you get a three metre roll. This stuff is lethal. I brought it um, because of basically playing outside with the pond. Um, I'm putting it, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the show previously, and I'm not being sarcastic this time. I've built a second pond with a little stream that runs down the garden from one pond to the other. But that means I'm circulating the pond water, which means if I have any leaks, I'm going to get up one morning and find the pond is empty. So I've got to really take care with my water construction and where the water goes. And so I bought this stuff. A, to patch up a, a, if there's a hole that's broken or it, because it's quite tough, I can use it to slightly extend the height of a pond or a water feature if necessary. It is amazing. It's basically a rubber sheeting with the mother of all glues on it. It's easy to cut because it comes, uh, it's, it's like a double-sided tape with, it, with a layer of plastic across the glue part. So it's very easy to work with before you stick it. It's easy to cut with scissors. You don't get any gunk on the scissors when you're cutting, so you can prepare the piece exactly as you want it. But, warning upon warnings, once you peel this stuff back, it sticks to anything it touches straight off the bat and will never come off. I mean, that's not true. It will come off, but you'll have to scrape it off and use an agent and then it's completely wrecked. I'm not saying it can never be removed, but it will never, ever come off and be re repositionable. And, I, and it's, it's incredible and it's totally waterproof. I've used it now. I've had this. I, I thought I'd wait before bringing it to the show. I've had this reel for two or three or four weeks now, maybe longer. And I've used it in the garden three or four times in various places, various different uh, necessities. And it's absolutely brilliant. It sticks like you wouldn't believe to anything from plastic, glass, wood, stone. You stick it, it stays there. Uh, as long as it's clean and dust-free, obviously, when you try to stick. And, but as I say, the big warning is is absolutely measure, 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 measure. Be absolutely certain that you're doing it right, because once you've done it, you've done it. Again, if, if you don't need this kind of product, then you'll be falling asleep at the back, and my apologies. But it is so, so good, and if you should have a use for it, it says on the box... Uh, it uses on plastic, wood, glass, aluminium, steel, vinyl, PVC and more. Great for roofing, fishing, windows, gutters, drainage pipes, tarpaulins, pond liners, inflatables and more. Uh, yeah, it's gorilla fishing. Fish. Yeah. You, ju you jump in and I, I suppose you just throw it at the fish and it sticks to it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I presume they're referring to repairing anything that's likely to get wet in your fishing activities. What's well, it like on the outside? Lovely. It's that sort of soft, rubbery, sexy. Um, Is it grippy? grippy. You, you mean the you mean the non-sticky surface, the surface you end up yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's like a very nice PVC phone case. <laughs> Right, okay. But the, the reason I'm asking is that I might ask you to send me um, a, a square of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Because I've been trying to find a, a, a little bit of something to stick on the back of a mobile phone that I can't find a case for. But if I had something grippy on the back, 
I could stick this on the back of the phone. I, I accept your warning about it not coming off again ever again. But um, if if the surface of it ended up grippy, it, it would, certainly it, would. It, it, if you send me the measurements, it, right. Ted, I'll send you a piece through. Because I, what does this cost? Twelve twenty-five. So you don't want to be spending twelve quid for a tiny piece. No, like no, that. no, no. But you could, you, if you sent me just a square of it, uh, you know, uh, ten centimeters by ten centimeters square. That would be that would perfectly be perfectly good. Okie dokie. A hundred millimeters square, and I'd be your friend for life. I'll just send you the tape, Ted. (laughs) Ian Judge Barton is back with Amazon Blink hardware updates. I've got two Blink sync units, which installed with no problems. I wanted to expand the number of cameras, says Ian. I bought two cameras and a sync module. When I tried installing the new one, it kept failing at the final step of registering itself with the Blink servers. Turns out that the old Blink software has problems with certain characters in your Wi-Fi passcode. But my Wi-Fi passcode doesn't have any of these characters. The password is something like the brown cow jumped over the moon. They're trying to get people to do that, aren't they? They're trying to get people to use long phrases for passwords right. um, in, instead of the, the normal ones because they reckon that that's a better idea. Anyway, I digress. After a couple of hours faffing, I set up a spare router with a simple Wi-Fi password Uh, The sync unit connected and immediately it did a firmware update, which um, works with my normal Wi-Fi password. Anyway, the point is that these Amazon Blink hardware updates have screwed up the software and the password thingy and he's very upset. I want to know why you'd want to attach a kitchen sync unit to the web. (laughs) I don't understand understand that. Explain yourself. You said a sync unit. A sync unit is a a sink and a tap. And then oh, plug it into I the see. Kitchen. Good grief. It's getting a bit obscure, isn't it? Blimey. <laughs> right, carry um, on. I, I have blink cameras too. Um, I, I sympathise, Ian. Um, I haven't experienced any of this. Uh, the only issue I've ever had with blink is you'll remember my over-the-top rant last week about the addition of the word your in the camera's names. And don't oh, put yeah. me on that soapbox again. So um, <laughs> I can't speak from personal experience. I'm just pleased that you managed to, to, to find a way around it, Ian. Indeed, yes. Right, OK. Now, um, I've just thought about that gorilla, um, that gorilla tape thing as well. Yes, sir. I reckon I reckon you could also use that to tape two monoculars together to make some binoculars, <laughs> oh, couldn't you? <laughs> right, okay, it's my turn now, Ted. <laughs> Steve Litchfield, he, he he likes to get on a soapbox, same as me. And this week, Steve's soapbox is supermarket shoppers with a death wish. Dun dun dun! I just nearly the room one hundred and one. It is indeed. I just nearly killed someone again, says Steve. I drive in front of a parking space, intending to reverse in. I start my manoeuvre, and then some idiot, while my car is in motion with reversing lights on, walks right behind my car to save themselves ten seconds waiting. What goes through their minds? That I'll magically see them and pause. Thankfully, I usually do, but it just seems to me stupid. Room one hundred and one for them. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, Steve, it's it's as a driver, it's your responsibility to see them and mine, too, when I'm in the same position because I <laughs> so, you know, of course, it's always safety first. But yes, I agree, Steve. And there is a sort of strange choreography that goes on between pedestrians and cars in car parks. And it is usually the pedestrian thinking, I have right of way. You bloody well wait for me, which I always find weird. I always make a point if I'm crossing a road and a car is coming. I, I, I jog out of the road quickly because I just don't like maybe it's because I'm also a driver I don't like this idea that of course pedestrians have to come first because they're unprotected and it's a safety thought but pedestrians can be very selfish at times so yes I agree it reminds me of when I lived in Vienna and they're very very strict there and every car driver will always stop for any pedestrian to the point that I've seen in Vienna women with prams with babies in push them straight out into the road without even looking because they're so certain that oncoming cars will stop. So that's that's the extreme of Steve's um, point, which I thoroughly agree with. Yeah, I don't agree. 
I, th- I think I think that it's the right of pedestrians to walk where they like, and it's the responsibility of car drivers who have to do this when they pass their test to avoid pedestrians, to continue to avoid pedestrians, and to be aware of where people are. You've got wing mirrors, and you've got um, you can look over your shoulder and check an observation. This is all good stuff, and it's up to the driver to to make sure they know where people are around. Oh, I th- I, I, I couldn't disagree. disagree with me. I couldn't disagree with that, Ted. But Steve's point, and the point I would also make, is that pedestrians should also have some grace towards a car. And if a pedestrian sees that a car is doing a reverse manoeuvre into a parking space, don't walk across their path. Step aside. I think that's just common common courtesy, never mind safety. Right, OK. Well, I'm not sure if I agree. I, I think that, that, that pedestrians should have right of way. And they, if you want to step out on a zebra crossing, you should you should better step out, and the car should stop. That's the point. Well, then I shall. You can move to Vienna and have a baby. Yes, thank you so much. Let's give someone a gold star instead. James Rayburn would like to give another shout-out to Richer Sounds. Oh, yes, always love Richer Ah. Sounds. The optical import on my PC amp died last week, says James. It was a Danmark Amster BT2. It's still... Not the two. The two, yes, even that. It's still under (laughs) warranty. I prefer the three myself. It's still under a 12-month warranty, but was bought from Richer Sounds via Amazon. I contacted Amazon, who put me in touch with Richer Sounds, and they organised a DPD collection through DPD, which was scheduled for this Monday. However, I got a text and email from DPD yesterday, Saturday, to say that they would be doing a doorstep swap that day with with a one-hour time slot. They turned up on time, they swapped it on the doorstep, and I'm now a very happy camper. The whole thing took less than four days to sort out. Colour me impressed. A doorstep swap. I mean, that's amazing. I, I mean, I, I've never had one of those. That's that's gorgeous. So they just rock up and take away the old one and put a new one in your hand straight away. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm impressed too, James. Thank you. Colour me impressed as well. R- Richer Sounds, uh, that's the second time they've been on recently. And the, and the, the last time was a, a very similar story. They clearly look after their customers. We shouted about them on the previous show and, and sung them great praise. And they clearly are continuing to yes. do this and um, putting the customer first in the same way as, uh, in, in the opposite way of Steve putting pedestrians first. <laughs> I inherited the, the love of Richard Sounds from my father who shopped with them and then I, I duly followed suit and um, I'm just ignoring you there, Ted. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Watch out, watch out if you're in Reading. Don't go near Steve's car. <laughs> You'll get run over. <laughs> oh God, I haven't even got a jingle to play to, be, to, 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 to shut you up. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, take take us home. We're done. Take us home. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're done, and we're under an hour. Look at that, blimey! Should we talk about something else to fill in the, the hour? Yes. Time? How do you feel about <laughs> pedestrians and cars, Ted? <laughs> yes. We're going to be back in two weeks' time. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find links to all the stuff that we've been talking about. And tedsalmon.com is where you'll find me, aidenbell.com. But Aiden, the MeWe group is where we pick up stuff that you have posted, whatever works in your life, and we bring the highlights of that to this show. So please do continue to do that. And if you're listening to this and you don't know what the MeWe group is, then there's a link in the show notes. Or if you can't find it there, you'll find one at tedsalmon.com. So head across there and come and join the MeWe group and let us know whatever works in your life. Any last works from you, Aiden Bell? I won't be there when you cross the road. <laughs> the Green Cross Code. Yeah, yeah. Watch out. No, for... have, have a lovely fortnight, everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks if you can stand it. <laughs> Watch out for those Ford cars. Don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works! works.